Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs creating the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm Emily Aborn, and along with my co-host, Crystal Farley, we are here to give you the roadmap to success and the tools you need to build whatever this means for you. Welcome back, Crystal. And we are well on our way into the new year now, but when we're recording this, it's actually January 3rd. And I know you've made some stunning uh, nutritional resolutions for yourself, and I want to hear all about them. When am I not doing something that's like nutritionally changing everything? I feel like it's like part of the fun in my life. You know, like some women change their hair. I change my eating habits. <laughs> well, I think it's important, you know, to always be testing what works for you yes. and making sure you're optimizing your body and your health. So tell me about what you decided to do in January. So I'm doing veganary. Oh my. Um, for January. Wait, what's veganary? So it's like a movement that's global. 250 million people last year went vegan for the month of January. Oh. I just learned this because there's a sign over in the overpass over Route 3. I read it. and um, But I wasn't doing it for that reason. I was actually doing it because I saw a documentary called Game Changers on Netflix where um, it was about athletes who go plant-based and are still able to compete in the Olympics and other, you know, like um, UFC fighting and that sort of thing. And so when I saw athletes can do it, I said I could do it. And really, when you start reading the research for that, you know, swinging that way with food, um, it's kind of disturbing. So I was like, you know what, if I can try it for the month of January, it's not far off from where I was before. I wasn't eating dairy or anything anyways, or eggs. Um, why not? Let's see how my body does. Nice. I'll be so interested. I mean, now people can start asking you because this episode's coming out in the middle of January, yeah. we can all start asking you how you're doing with it and see if your skin is glowing and you know, it already is. I, I got some vegan cosmetics for um, the holidays. Oh, as wow. Well. You're and all in. I have a skincare. Well, I guess people like because I, I talk about things quite a bit, you know, so and I got some vegan um, skincare line, Coco Kind, which I love. Coco Kind. I've Coco heard kind. of that. It's yeah. very nice. OK, so when you said vegan area, I definitely just thought you were saying vegan wrong. But now I get it. It's like, like January. Yeah, vegan. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like people say. <laughs> I married the two words. Got it. Well, I didn't do it. It's not mine. Right. Just to be clear. Lovely. But what are you doing? Aren't you doing something super fun too? Yeah, it's not. I wouldn't say it's super fun, but um, we're going lower carb because during the holidays, there was a lot of sugar involved in my life and that is not a usual part of my life. So, which means I can't have wine and that's a little sad. But did you notice that like the holidays make everything okay? Oh, yeah. Like from November on, I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. It's the holidays. It was a short window from Thanksgiving to Christmas, right? Yep. And then Christmas and New Year's were like two weeks of my life that I'm never getting back. Yep. And it's like literally any cookie, yep. any glass of wine, you just don't turn it down because it's the holidays. Agreed. Oh, yeah. And um, yeah, it wasn't very good feeling at the end of it there. So, But here you are. Here You're I already am. glowing. Uh, already. Thank you. That was thanks to many good nights of sleep lately. Yes. Yeah. It's a whole nother topic, though. All right. Well, I would love for us to say hello to today's guest who has been sitting here patiently listening to us blabber on about our diets. <laughs> Hi, Catherine. <laughs> Welcome. Hello. I was trying to figure out how we could like spin it to like how we are wiser now and then 
That would have been a really good one. And to to make it so that we understand Crystal's joke, why don't you tell us about yourself and what you do? Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me. Um, My name is Catherine Rose, and I am the CEO and founder of WiseHer. It is an online platform that provides uh, on-demand expert advice for women to help accelerate their business or career. Okay, so I have so many questions now. Um, Tell us a little bit more about how you got started and how you learned that there was a need in the in the woman entrepreneur field. Well, for me, it was really based on my own experience, and I think a lot of women, when they start, you know, uh, any kind of business, are really thinking about what problems they can really solve. You know, what's out there and what they can really solve. And for me, it really the journey started like twelve years ago. I was on Wall Street doing very well and pregnant with my first child. And then uh, everything just melted down. My, my job was eliminated because the mortgage market melted down. My mom had a brain aneurysm that left her paraplegic. And I had just had a brand new baby. So within three months, I lost my job. I almost lost my mom. And I had a new baby to take care of. Wow. And I didn't have time to, you know, try to, you know, reinvent myself and do something else. And I went out and tried to figure out what it was I could do. I called all my old customers and I said, what can I do? Can I do sales training, marketing? Because that was really my background. And they all wanted me to help rank their websites in Google. And I thought, well, how hard is that, right? <laughs> like, can't be too hard. And it turns out it's pretty hard. And particularly when you had absolutely no experience in online marketing, which I did not. And I didn't even know it was called search engine optimization at the time. And so I went online and looked and looked, and I found people who wanted me to take their course or read their book. And I didn't have time for that. Like, I had stuff I had to get done, you know, like a lot of us. <laughs> can I ask you a question? Sure. Did you take, did you say, sure, I'll, you, you can be my client and then take people's money and then just have to go learn it? Or did you not say yes yet? I told my top client that I'd worked with for many years to give me two weeks and I would get back to him. Okay. And he said, okay. okay. He knew that that meant I was going to be collecting a check. So that was fine. Um, and so I, I had this deadline for myself that I had to deliver because I always did for my, my customers within two weeks to figure this out. So I found someone online and um, I didn't, you know, like I said, I didn't have time to take a course, but I found an expert in social and search engine optimization and I paid for his time. And I talked to him on the phone every day for two weeks. And, you know, a lot of it was at night or first thing in the morning, because at the time I was driving an hour and a half one way to the hospital every day for almost a year, you know, so it was like three hours a day. And uh, at the end of that two weeks, I said, I can do this. And I didn't even start a website for myself, nothing. I called my my customer and he believed me and I got my first paying client. Wow. So, yeah. That's amazing. Search engine optimization is a world I could never just jump into. So I understand. Well, you know, to be fair, it was a lot less um, challenging then. You know, there were very, it was very formulaic and, and things like that. Today, if you're an SEO expert, like you've got it going on. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think I, I, I came into it at, at the right time. I mean, I had to learn it myself and teach myself HTML and, you know, some different web things. And I'm, I'm, you know, I always joke about the fact that I wasn't born with an iPhone in my hand, right? If you see my picture or read anything about me, I mean, you know, I'm like very seasoned as an entrepreneur. <laughs> so I didn't have any of those, you know, those, those tech skills. So I had to learn them all. But I was, thought it was really cool. I was like, well, hey, I can learn stuff too, right? Right. So 
<laughs> so that's what I did. Um, but yeah, it was. It's empowering to learn something new and and watch yourself be able to do it. It absolutely is. And I think that for me, the journey has been so much about that, like just learning from other people and learning about the different industries and the different ways to, to and I've never really been one of those people who wanted to like specialize in one thing. And most of the women that I know are kind of like, they have a whole bunch of ideas, you know, but I mean, I have a lot of friends who, you know, they're specialized in certain things. I like to kind of know a little bit about a lot of things. And um, so online marketing was such a natural, you know, fit for me. And it's, you know, it's been a journey, you know, to be sure. And and then I added uh, social media into that, because at that time, it became such a factor in ranking. You know, if you had a Facebook page, oftentimes, and still does, will outrank your actual website, Twitter, etc. will do the same thing. So I had to learn that. And then I, I was working with a lot of women entrepreneurs, and a lot of women in then and still today don't call themselves entrepreneurs that they're small business owners and things. And what I realized was they all wanted to hire me, but they didn't have the budget (laughs) because, um, you know, 90% of women entrepreneurs are solo and 88% are under a hundred thousand in revenue. And that was the same, you know, 10 years ago and it's still the same now. So we're creating more businesses, but not more profitable businesses. So through my my work in search engine optimization and social media, I started writing a bunch of books and speaking a lot so I could serve that audience in that way. Um, And the actual, you know, real depth of my income came from big companies that I sold to because that was my background in sales. And about two years ago, I was, you know, I saw a lot of these news reports about, you know, women creating businesses at five times the rate of men and all these really great things. And it's fantastic that the news is actually reporting some good stuff about us. <laughs> but when you dig behind the numbers, it's still sort of the same stats. So instead of 10 million women businesses and 90% solo and 88% under 100,000, now it's 13 million. So we're creating these more businesses, but now more profitable ones. I loved that statistic. Yeah. I actually copied it down here from your website. So um, so tell us then how you decided to create the solution for the women that are n- that couldn't afford those services. Well, I think that when you know when I started looking at the landscape to today, and my first thought was, well, hey, they just need more business, right? The reason that they're not more profitable is because they don't have enough business. And I'm really good at driving traffic and selling and all these kinds of things. So this actually started as a an online directory for women-owned businesses. And I was like, well, I, we, women can do business with each other, which was you know, it's a great idea. Not that there's anything wrong with that idea. But when I actually came out from behind the computer, it was about, I was probably like three weeks before launching it. And I came out from behind the computer and I started just talking to people. And what I realized was I was asking the wrong questions. It wasn't the fact that they needed more business is that, you know, I I finally was talking with somebody and I, I was getting a little bit of pushback about sending her more business. And it kind of this light bulb went on and I said, wait a second, what if I did send you five more clients right now? What would you do? And she's like, it would crush me. I I don't have the processes and the things put in place. And I thought, wow, I'm I'm solving the wrong problem. Interesting. That is really interesting because, you know, it's, 
it's I think a lot of times when we talk with female entrepreneurs, it's we we get to this this capacity, right? So like we only have so much time to complete so many things and then we're prioritizing and then we're having to give up things we enjoy because they're not revenue generating and so on and so forth. So, you know, we fail to grow, right? We just continue to stay as a solopreneur because we don't know and we don't know what we don't know. So it was brilliant to start asking a different question. I've been asking, um, I, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but we have a Facebook group called She Built This, and it's a group of women entrepreneurs, and they kind of get feedback and support and resources from one another. So I've been asking people that are joining the group what their biggest struggles are, time management, processes, organization, basically figuring it out and and how to get to that next level so that you can take on more clients. Yeah, and I think that's the place that we invest the least, right? When if I when I talk to women entrepreneurs in, in particular, it's, you know, they don't put those foundational things in place. They don't get an attorney. They don't have a CPA or a bookkeeper and, you know, these are the kinds of things that it takes an inordinate amount of time to sit down and put in all your receipts or, you know, um, make sure that you're staying in compliance with the laws and that kind of stuff. And, you know, if you just offload some of that stuff, you're able to, you know, kind of fill up your day with more revenue generating things. So when I, you know, when I looked at it, and they, I realized I was solving for the wrong problem. I, it was one of those things where I, I mean, again, we were literally ready to launch. I had the, the website was done, the logo was done. I mean, I'd invested in a, a lot of time, effort, energy, and money <laughs> into this idea. And I realized it was going to be a complete dud. So I went to bed that night, totally depressed. And I woke up at like three in the morning and I was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out, do this, you know, redo the surveys, do the questions. But I think where I need to be is using this network that I built. So as I mentioned, when I first got laid off and had to do all these things, I didn't have anybody to ask. I had to go look at, find someone on Craigslist (laughs) that was going to help me with the SEO. And I promised myself that I would never be in that position again. So I set out for the last 10 years to build a really large, rich network of people. And I have like over 12,000 LinkedIn connections. I have about 150,000 people on my email list. Like I really was going out and building purposeful relationships. So I thought, well, if it helped me, maybe it could help other women too. And so I um, went, I came up with the, the name Wise Her registered it, did the whole thing, and um, went back and overlooked at the the business plan. And I thought, okay, I'm going to put together just a, you know, quick synopsis of what I think. And I went to every meetup I could find within like a 25 mile radius of Boston and Worcester, because I live in that in middle, middle of the road there. And I pretended I was an investor. And I said that I'm thinking about investing in this company. What do you think? This is what it does. Because no one wants to tell your baby's ugly, right? Right. <laughs> you know, so you tell every, them someone else's baby is you ugly. Tell them, <laughs> yes, exactly. Like people don't really want to tell you they're a terrible idea. So I wanted them to give them me their honest feedback. And what I heard was, oh my God, I could use this now. Is this available now? You know, how can I get, how can I be involved? And I would love to be an expert and like those kinds of things. And so I knew I was onto something. Okay, so how does it work? Um, let me give you an example. So say someone in the She Built This group is having trouble with tracking inventory. What kind of resources would you offer for that person? How do they start working with 
WiseHer. So WiseHer is a an online marketplace of experts. So you can come to, to WiseHer. Right now it's self-serve. We're building in artificial intelligence and all those sort of buzzy things, but actually are very helpful to folks um, when you're using prop there use them properly. And um, so you come to WiseHer and you can, you know, search for inventory management or e-commerce or retail because a lot of folks have retail operations. And you find yourself an expert in there. And what we decided to do was, um, you know, I charge for sales, my sales consulting for enterprise companies about $500 an hour depending on the size of the company. And we know from our statistical research that most women entrepreneurs don't have that kind of budget. So I needed to make it as um, economical as possible. So what we did was we set it as a flat fee. So it's $49 for 30 minutes and $99 for 60 minutes. And out of that, a piece of it goes back to a grant fund that we have set up for women business and corporate education for women. These are grants. Sometimes you don't need a million dollars. Sometimes you need a couple hundred or a couple thousand. So we did it as a mission-based organization, as a social enterprise. We are not a nonprofit. We are a for-profit, but we have a social enterprise. And the reason we did it that way was, A, we knew those folks didn't have the budget, but we also wanted the experts to feel like they were their time was getting valued as well. So that's why we set it up that way. So you set a time with one of the experts, 30 or 60 minutes, and you tell them beforehand what your challenge is, and they get on the the phone with you, and it's a phone call because most women don't want to be on video. (laughs) I don't. I know I don't, but, you know, we have to do it, but most women don't. And um, the conversations are recorded for you as the user, so they go into your um, dashboard afterwards. So that way you don't even have to take notes. You can really focus on the time you have with the expert. So that's the idea. How do you find the experts? So as I mentioned, I have a pretty large network of folks. So I that's where our first tranche of experts have come from. We onboarded a, right now currently a little over 200 of them um, because we just launched in late September, early October. So, you know, with any tech platform, there's always little, you know, glitches and things that you have to. So we didn't want to like have too much in there to begin with, because we really wanted to make sure that we nailed that onboarding process. And I think we're close. So we have a little over 200 now. And I've sourced those from my litmus test initially is who would I call for advice? You know, because I know when I was an SEO, quote unquote, expert, I had literally two weeks of training before I launched my first one. And I, and I learned as I, as I went, um, and it didn't take me that long, honestly, to get to the point where people were, you know, calling me and asking me for my expertise. So I don't ever use years of experience as a litmus test. That's just my personal opinion. I think that if you're a recognized expert in your field, if you are uh, ready, willing, and able to assist people And I think you have to really be on this mission Um, and understand when you're speaking to women, there's a confidence gap. You know, there just is. And again, you know, your your job as an expert is not to tell the person all the reasons they shouldn't start this business. You know, we talk to a lot of experts before they come on and it kind of give them that idea of, you know, your job isn't to critique their idea. You know, Google wasn't the first search engine, right? So, you know, telling somebody that their idea isn't viable because of your own opinion doesn't really help them. But if you see critical gaps in, you know, in their skill set or um, in their research or whatever, like that's where you want to fill in your expertise. 
I really like that. I think when I started my business and focusing on stress relief and communication strategies, I had a lot of um, detractors just because people felt that I needed to be a licensed social worker or a psychiatrist because they weren't fully understanding my idea. And I hadn't fully formulated it yet, right, in fairness. So when I was looking at getting a local resource from the SBDC, um, the small business um, local chapter, um, I was one of my prerequisites for them was I literally said to the lady who is like in taking me, I don't want somebody that's going to tell me I have a bad idea. Yeah. Like, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm like, this is the business I want to have and I want to grow it and and build it. And this is, you know, so I appreciate the fact that, you know, there are requirements for the experts to be the expert for which they're being hired to be the expert, not give their opinion. Well, you know, and, and giving your opinion is is okay, but it's it has to be looked at as, you know, let's pretend nobody else does this. Because I mean, with Wiser, I hear it all the time. I'm, I'm going out for investment and things like that. And I'm like, oh, have you heard of so-and-so and you heard of so-and-so? And I'm like, no. I mean, of course I've heard of right. so You know what I mean? Of course I've heard of these other people. I didn't just wake up yesterday and have this idea. I did a ridiculous amount of research on those folks too. And that's okay that they're out there and they target different markets and there's there's room for everyone out there. And you can carve yourself a very, you know, rich business and, you know, in terms of your personal and financial goals, and you can use the word rich in whatever way. And it's okay that if someone else does it, they just don't do it the way I do it. You know, a lot of folks that start these expert marketplaces, and one of the, you know, main things that I've noticed is that they start them to make money, you know, and yes, WiseHer is a for-profit entity. I'm a salesperson, you know, so it's not like I want to do this for free, but I have actually lived this, you know, I have, I have started from scratch a number of times. Um, I have sat in the rooms and the networking events and been in the, in the groups and online and listened to all of the challenges and I see it for what it is. And so I think that is one of our competitive advantages is that we actually understand intimately what the, the challenges of our audience faces. These are your people. Um, they say that your best client is you like 10 years ago. And that's kind of what you're saying here. And I love it. Um, so let me ask you this. How do the experts get paid? And then how do people become experts? Because I actually think some of our listeners, I know some people in e-commerce would definitely be interested in becoming experts. They're looking and for different ways to branch out. So is that a possibility? Yes. Yeah, so we, so, um, so the first, the first uh, answer to your question is that the experts get paid. So of, of that fee, whatever we collect, okay, I'll put it that way. Whatever we collect, the expert gets half of that. Um, and we get the other half and out of our half, we put aside for the grant fund. And saying that, it's not a situation where we're, we're expecting people to come in and sign long-term coaching contracts through WiseHer with our experts. It's really meant for, as we call it, advice as a service or mentorship as a service. And as an expert, you know, instead of giving a free consultation, because in my view as a salesperson, it's easier to get from any number to any number than free to any number. Okay. So I don't, I'm not a big fan of free consultation. So instead of doing a free consultation, our experts will say, this is how I book my time. And this is why, because by the way, one, a piece of that goes to this grant fund. And two, the only way you could qualify for a grant through WiseHer is if you are an expert giving your time away for less, 
you've actually, you know, join, you know, wise her as either a, a free or, you know, paid member, or you're part of one of our affinity groups. So you're actually doing the person a favor in some ways by allowing them to set a call with you on wise her. And also, um, the experts, once they have the call and they ask the person, you know, we have call standards, and at the end of it, they say, did I answer everything? Are you comfortable with, you know, with the information I gave you? Yes. Great. By the way, I have a coaching program starting, or I have a course, or I have a giveaway. And that relationship is between them and the expert. We don't get in the middle of that. We want every expert who is on our platform to be there because they want to be, and it's kind of like the top of the funnel for them as well. We have several experts, and again, we just launched like six weeks ago, who have gotten several clients already through Wise Her, and we want them to be successful, right? So that's one of the reasons we started it. In terms of becoming an expert, you can't apply to be an expert, although I will. we do have um, what we call founding advisory board members. And so I have, you know, my own expert code, and then our founding advisory board members do as well. But if you all know of anyone, you know, the, the you folks here um, know people, then I'm happy to get nominations. You know, people will ask me all the time, like, why don't you allow the um, people to apply. You know, I tend to see that people either overestimate or underestimate their expertise, you know, and it's very challenging. I don't want to say no to somebody because maybe they are an expert, but maybe I have too many experts in that specific area that I just don't have enough room kind of thing. Um, And also, I think we just don't have the staff to go through thousands of applications. So it's not that we don't want folks and it's not that we aren't encouraging it. It's just we have to do it this way just as a management you know, function. That makes sense. Can you tell me the cat, like some of the categories um, of your experts? I'm super curious. About sure, that. sure. So we you don't have, have to list them all. But no, no, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, obviously under each heading, but the, t- the, the, the main four things that, that women, the same groups that we've found from our research that women have most challenges with are business planning. And I'm not talking about writing a huge business plan, but just really thinking about like, you know, who cares about my product? Who would want to pay for it? Um, really just thinking through all those, the total addressable market and that kind of stuff, you know, that's one of the, the situations. Finance, HR and sales and marketing. Those are the top four buckets. But of course, you know, we have, because I have a tech background, we have a, a number of tech, you know, technical resources on there. And then, you know, especially with women on the career and the, um, and the business side, you, you don't really have a well-rounded platform if you don't at least address challenges in the personal life as well. So we have a, we call it peak performance, but you can call it life, whatever. And in there, there are a number of experts on mindset, mindfulness, um, nutrition, you know, not necessarily diet, but just, just, you know, you were talking about, you know, veganary or whatever. Mm -hmm. That'd be a hard (laughs) no for me, by the way. (laughs) I um, hear (laughs) you. Heck no. Anyway, um, but, but, you know, just, just, I travel a lot, right? It's just nice to have some ideas about, you know, how can I stay healthy and feel good on the road? Because, you know, with everything going on, you know, you're you're not your best unless you feel good inside. So, yeah, whole body. That's what business is for a, a solopreneur, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. 
Um, okay. I would love to hear some success stories from you or maybe just, you know, one or two that you've seen because you said you just launched six weeks ago, but I'm sure you've already seen great results. So, well, it was really exciting. So we were, we were voted top 100 global startups of the year and we hadn't even launched yet. So, you know, one of the things I'm really good at because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out there, you know, all the time is just being able to you know, promote myself and promote wise her. And I wanted to make sure I had kind of a market before we before we launch. You know, you can't just show up and turn on the lights and be like, hey guys, you know, come on over. So I really kind of laid the foundation. And the truth is we were supposed to be launched six months before we did, but technical challenges and, you know, I'm a, a non-tech technical founder. <laughs> so that was in itself a challenge. That's a whole nother episode. But um but we, you know, we, so we were voted that and I was going to, we were going to compete in Memphis and I said, I cannot go to this competition and not be live. So my team, my two co-founders and I sat down and we're like, we're just going to turn it on. <laughs> Let's see what happens. <laughs> this will be fun. So we did. So that's what we did. We turned it on and I was speaking at this conference in Orlando and we, we turned it on on a, on a Monday and I flew down to speak at this conference on a Wednesday and we just like, you know, posted little things here and there. And we had, you know, some online press and whatever about, you know, our quote unquote launch. And I'm just about to go on stage and I get a notification that someone scheduled a call. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, right away. And so I was like, but wait a second, you know, is this a test call? Is it someone's mother or sister or whatever? So I started looking at it and I, and I messaged my co-founders like, nope, don't know who she is. My, my co-founder messaged the expert. She's like, nope, don't know who she is. It was this random person from Oregon who found out later that she found us online, but we saw that the call was scheduled for the next day. So we just held our breath to see what was, you know, first of all, was it going to work? Like, was the, was the whole thing going to get connected? You know what I mean? We had no idea. I mean, we did tests, obviously, but you just never know and, until, you know, there's some person that you don't know doing it. Anyway, so she, um, the call was done, and then we just kind of held our breath, and then the review was posted. And it was this glowing review of this expert, and on the, at the last line of her review said, I am so grateful for this platform. And we were like, yes. Oh, awesome. You know, I mean, it's just so valid. So so that, she actually came back for a second call, which was even more validating. Um, I had, as I mentioned, one of our experts uh, messaged me yesterday. She, she's gotten two clients so far from from. Her, so it's you know it's supposed to be a win win win. And, you know people say that, but that's the way I really felt about it. It's so you know obviously we're, it could be a four way win in a way. So it's win for Wise Her as a company because we're obviously generating revenue and um, validating our idea. But the the expert gets a win because they have a potential client, and also you know because I have such a large network, I'm promoting these people all the time. The you know the the um, and the the person, the user, the the person who needs the expertise is getting a huge win, you know, and then they can pay that forward. So, so that's so that so those are the, like really the success stories. I had another great review yesterday um, from another user and. It's just really, you know, it's just really exciting, I have to say. I love it because it's like a try before you buy thing. A lot of times we are we go to all of these networking events and all of these things where people are like, you should invest in this, you should do this. So we get a lot of advice all the time. It's like, you know, when you're pregnant and like everyone's like, oh, this is what it's like to have a baby. And it's like, well, I'm me. So how are you going to tell me, right? But if you can reserve 30 minutes with an expert and then understand why 
right? You're obviously showing that you're invested by spending your money. Right. You're then talking to a professional who does this for a living and has a has been vetted, right? Right. And then you can know if it's something that, okay, yeah, I can actually see where this will provide value. So absolutely love it. And I'm sure it will be a huge resource for our listeners and well, and for some reason, you know, for some reason, for some for some of the experts, they don't even have they don't really take coaching clients anymore. Like, or they're just they just want to provide this the their knowledge, you know, to someone that can be helpful, you know. So we have those folks as well. Like, I don't take clients per se anymore, you know. So, but when I when someone calls me about um, sales, I'm just so happy to be able to help them. This is giving me the warm fuzzies. I love it. Um, All right. So is there any businesses that you could think of that this isn't really a good fit for? Honestly, no. I mean, I think that that we have, I was, so I, I keep in touch with a lot of people. Like I said, you know, I have a, have a really large network. So, I mean, I have some folks from my, my Wall Street days to when I was in search engine optimization, social media, to technology, to all these folks and my co-founders do and our founding advisory board members, and it kind of goes on. So, you know, we really have a wide range and growing. We have a little over 2,000 who, who are coming in, you know, slowly. So by the end of this month, beginning of next, we should have between between two and 3,000 experts in there. And so, you know, we really have, you know, run the gamut of, of expertise. And it's just really like being comfortable and saying, you know what, I need help, you know, and I'm okay to reach out for it and get the help that I need. Um, and also, I think it's just realizing you're not the only one that's out there alone. And, and I quote these statistics all the time. And I see, you know, especially to the, the female audiences I speak to, like just this, almost like this collective, like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's, I'm not the only one that's solo. <laughs> You know, like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is not just for women entrepreneurs. This is for anyone. I think you say that on your website. Correct. Yeah. So female focus does not mean men, you know, men exclusive, you know. So we have um, we have male experts on there. I just feel that, you know, we we can't do this by ourselves. We have to have the collective knowledge, the you know, rising tide carries all boats kind of thing. And 20 percent of our customers are men. Um, we had an engineer who called in yesterday to one of our um, our experts who does uh, grant funding. Like she, her expertise is finding non-dilutive grant funding for entrepreneurs. And so he had a call with her, and he was like, you know, glowing review went up. So it really is for for everyone. But we like the female focus of it because women particularly have you know specific specific needs and challenges, and they don't want someone to solve their problem. You know, I always say guys are really good shooters. <laughs> They're like, you should just do this. No, no, no. I I, I want to talk about it. I want to I want to know why am I doing that. And I might not be able to do it myself, and that's okay. I can find someone and hire them to do it, but I want to know why. I want to know what's behind it. Do I really need it? Um, and if you let me finish my sentence, you know what I mean? You say to people, like, if you just let me finish my sentence or get my thought out, maybe I really don't need it. You know what I mean? So really, it's just kind of getting in getting in depth and getting that, that, some, that listening person who will try their best to understand exactly where you're coming from and offer the b- best, most tactical, practical advice that will move you forward. Okay. Speaking of advice, I would love to know what your number one piece of advice is for women business owners. 
I, uh, number one, I well, think, okay. yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a couple just because of my, I'd reinvented myself like a million times. So, so one is build a network before you need it. And if you're, and if you already have a business and you don't have a network, don't be like, Oh, I can't, you know, I can't do it. I don't have a network. If you're thinking about starting a business, start building that network now. Okay. And, and it, and really it's just going out and just being useful and helpful to people. I always lead in service and that's how I've always built a, a big network. But really think about being purposeful with your time. You mentioned, um, Crystal, that, you know, we go to all these networking events. Well, why are you going there? You know, are you going there specifically to meet people? Um, once you meet them, how do you follow up with them? You know, so so that's all about building a network. So I think that's important. I think it's a lot of resilience, too. I just posted um, on my LinkedIn about if, you know, if I build it, will they come? And it was all about the idea of, you know, you always, you hope that people are going to pay for it. You just don't know it until it actually, somebody actually does. And, um, you know, we were really excited about the fact that we built it and people, people came and they came quickly, thankfully. And I mean, it's still nowhere near, you know, the level we want it to be, but it's at least people showed up, you know. And, um, but then the first day of January, I literally got two rejections, from from companies, you know, from a funding source and from a prospect that I had was was working with in my inbox. And I at first I was like, ouch, you know, <laughs> that kind of stung. But then I went back at it and I thought to myself, you know what? And so my next post that's going up and it should be up by this time is called Rejection is Direction. And it's, you know, so really it's that being able to say, you know what, that's okay. It wasn't a good fit for them. And not saying, oh, you know, that my idea is terrible. You know what I mean? So it's it's really build that network and and have that that sense of resiliency to understand that you're not gonna be everybody's cup of joe. You know, Crystal, you mentioned like people were saying to you, oh, you know, you need a, a degree or a license or whatever. And you're like, no, that's not the business I wanna build. You know, let me build my business, you know. And so I think it's just just carving out your own path and understanding where your sweet spot is. We talk about rejection and failure on here a lot. And just today I said to someone, if this idea is not good for you, like just tell me because it means I either A, have to come up with a better one or B, tell someone else about it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That is totally true. Tell me if my idea stinks. Right, right. No, it's t- it's totally true. I think we, we put, um, you know, we put a lot of emphasis on, on, you know, getting all the yeses. And sometimes it's the no's that teach us the most. And like I said, I mean, I poured a ton of time, effort, energy, and money into that first idea. And the, you know, within a week I realized that was really stupid. <laughs> like it didn't, it wasn't going to, it wasn't stupid, I shouldn't say it that way, but it was, it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to solve the problem. It was going to solve a problem, but not the re, in my view, the real problem. It wasn't going to be as useful and helpful as it could have been. And so then it wouldn't have been as profitable as it could have been. Well, good for you for asking the deeper question there. I was just going to say, I think a lot of times when you're a solopreneur, you're creating content or you're marketing to or prospecting to people that you think, you know, with your own perception based around like how they're going to take the information that you're giving them. And you don't really know how anyone's going to feel or think until you ask them. And so I think that's a really big learn. Well, I think it comes from my sales background. You know, I mean, when you're in sales, I always tell people, people buy when they have pain, period. 
end of end of subject. Either it's economic pain, it's um, internal pain, like I don't want to look like a fool or I don't want to feel bad. You know, if you're a health, you know, if you're a health coach or whatever, you're solving the pain that they don't. You know, these people don't want to feel bad. Um, you know, so you have internal pain, and then you have external pain. Maybe what it whatever you're trying to sell them will solve a problem for their business or their prospect, you know, or their process or something like that. So it's all pain based. And I thought because I had been a women business owner, because I have networked and 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 really studied the challenges of women in business, I thought I knew the pain point. And it wasn't that it wasn't a pain point. It just wasn't the most impactful pain point that I could have solved for. So that's when I changed it. And I think, you know, as you mentioned, Crystal, you know, you're, you're creating all this content, but, you know, asking people, you know, doing a little bit of research, like, what are people sharing content? You know, what are, what are people commenting most on when I share this specific content? Maybe that's the problem you should be solving for. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I'd love for you to tell people how they can find you and find an expert to work with for themselves. Sure. So you go to wiseher.com and um, it'll say right on there, find an expert, you know, go through the, the the process and take a look at it and, you know, give us feedback. We we love it and our experts would love it. Um, we're on Instagram and Twitter is at, um, getwiseher is our handle there. And uh, we're obviously on LinkedIn and also Facebook as well. So interact with us in any way that you can. We also also partner with a number of women um, women networks um, because we decided when we first did this that we didn't want to create a community per se. Communities are very important to women. I'm involved in many of them myself, but those communities really take on a um, you know take take on a life of their own, like a fellowship of their own. And so we wanted those relationships to stay with those communities. So we offer our services as a complement to a lot of the communities. So I'm sure you'll probably run into us out there, but we'd love to hear from from everybody. And we just want to help people go far, farther, faster, wiser. I love that. And by the time the show airs, I should be an expert up and running. Yeah, I'm having some personal technical difficulty. It's me. It's it's not you. It's me. <laughs> um, so we can. I I'm happy to answer any any additional questions as well. You ruined it. I was going to nominate you. Oh, thanks. Well, I'll nominate her anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually do have someone to send you the name of. So thank you so much for taking time to join us. This was lovely. I'm absolutely going to go on there and make a call. Thank you. I thank you it. so much for having me. And thank you all for joining us. If you have feedback to provide on the episode, we always love to hear it. You can share it on Instagram, Facebook, or text me and Crystal and we'll post it for you. We got it. Yeah. For more information on the She Built This podcast, you can check us out online at www.shebuiltthis.org. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.